0: And we're back for another part train. Strat is at jury duty. It's just Evan Serm. Tough, tough to see. But this, this is, I mean, we've done a lot of fun episodes over the last few years. This one I know we are extra excited for um, because it's, we love talking about the mental game and mental approach. Before we get into the episode, though, let's talk real quick about our sponsor, Roback. Heard of them? There, there we go. Um, I don't know about you, Serm. You're in Chicago. I'm in LA. It's been chilly in LA. What does that mean? Ab? Okay, <laughs>
1: 65 and overcast. It's been I mean, chilly. I gotta
0: say, it's getting down to the 50s at night. Sometimes the 40s. I, I mean, it's tough. The
1: soft. You guys, you guys are soft, but it sounds tough. like Roback is helping. What's well, really well, helping me? Because i tell been, you what? I've been layering. I mean, I think it's 32 and 32 is nice at this time here. Roback year gear for the winter, my friends. The Q zip. The, the quarter zips
0: are so soft, stretchy. Awesome. I just, I I find myself wearing them all the time. I love putting them on and you don't feel restricted at all. And you look good, you know, so it's fantastic. A, but the vests too, I still need to get myself a vest. The vests.
1: We'll be, have your vest day, you know. New vests. Soon. They got new
0: hats too. Um, enter the code train. For 20% off. A quick reminder their Black Friday deal was 20% off. We give that to you all year round. You're welcome. So enter the code train, 20% off, roback.com. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. Like literally every person that sees or feels or tries on Roback stuff after they see us wearing it, they buy it, right? Your coworkers, shout, your friends. Shout
1: out to the Roback team as well. They're the best. So awesome. Yeah. But uh, let's talk episode.
0: Okay. So we had Ward Jarvis on the pod and what a name. Uh right up. he is the mental coach for Brennan Todd. And this guy, so give you a background on Ward. Ward caddied on the Corn Ferry tour for a bit. He's a full time firefighter, okay, in Paducah, Kentucky. He's been doing that Woo! for five years. And uh not the normal or standard mental coach for PJ t- tour players and top amateurs that you see But I think that's what makes Ward so special and interesting is he he's using these experiences from his unique story and his authentic self to provide really strong advice for these players. And the last thing I should say is he's struggled with stuttering his whole life. What's interesting is, is that he found that what happens with stuttering is very similar to what happens in a yip or an issue. In performance and sports right it's supposed to be an automatic motion yet there's something that gets triggered in between that prevents it from flowing naturally and right. we get into that i think it's really interesting how unique his approach is and what's even more amazing is what he's done for brennan todd i mean tell people about oh, yeah. brennan todd's story
1: well before you know before we talk brennan todd here uh, eric straub is a teammate of mine at missouri state college he's working with Ward. And Eric's been playing some of the best golf of his he's been playing great golf his whole career, but last couple summers, he's just he's won multiple tournaments in Kentucky and he really credits a lot to Ward. So it was a great connection for us and to get Ward on the show. But in terms of Brendan Todd, this is an amazing story. And I think a lot of people, if you follow the golf world, see what he's been doing. But Brendan Todd was a great player in 2014. He won the Byron Nelson, you know, but two years the next two couple seasons, he got on this stretch where he missed 37 of 40 cuts. And you listen to Todd talk, he said, I was this close from quitting golf, met with my financial advisor, was going to start franchising a pizza chain in Georgia. (laughs) Gonna start a pizza joint. Yeah, right. I mean, so like he's this close. I mean, he was, he was afraid he was going to block at 50 yards, right? Every, every time he got up to the team, fast forward, he starts working with Ward and really starts figuring things out. Um, also did some work on his swing and he, he, you know, he won back-to-back tournaments in November. Um, he lit it up at Q School, and then he won the the Bermuda Championship, and he won the Mayakoba. It's, it's just it's incredible over, <laughs> overcoming fear, which is uh, something we've talked about on this podcast. Success story, and Ward really goes into it. And I think you guys are just gonna just love the nuggets that he that he shares with us.
0: Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't condone this if you listen to the podcast while you drive. But if you get to a stoplight, pull out your notepad or your notes app on your phone because or your glove
1: or get your glove and write something down on your glove before you play right
0: there's a lot of amazing quotes and nuggets in this and it's fun we've we've only done the mental game with each other i think it was really fun to share our thoughts and experiences with an actual mental coach um, who's turned a player's career around and um i think everybody will benefit from this regardless of what your handicap is so this is a longer episode i know but it's something we're so passionate about and such a great conversation. We had to keep it going. So we'll stop. We'll get you right into the, uh, the interview. Again, code train, Roback.com. Uh, you're welcome for 20% off. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Thanks, guys. All right, and we're back welcoming maybe one of the best names we've ever had on the show. <laughs> Ward Jarvis, performance <laughs> golf coach, mental coach. How you doing, Ward?
2: The best names, like it sounds, the best, or like, like the best.
0: You kind of sound like a sheriff, like walking (laughs) in guns blazing. Like it's pretty badass.
2: You got some pretty big names on, okay? (laughs) So that's that just that just ramps up the pressure a bit.
0: I mean, it's on, it's on. Ward Jarvis, I mean, what a name. (laughs) Um, So, Ward, we're really excited about having you on. As you know, we were talking before we started recording. You've listened to some of our mental game episodes, and ironically, we, we were never intended to talk about that type of stuff when we started this show, and mm-hmm. it's really a passion point for, for Matt, um, Strat, and I. And, and actually, it's been some of our best-performing episodes, so I think our audience loves this stuff, so I think they're going to enjoy this conversation and everything you've done with Brennan Todd and your other players. Um, but we like starting you out. Something fun. Our first question I mean, this is this might be the most important question we ask all day. I mean, you listen to our episode overcoming fear and mental game. In your opinion, should Sermon and I just be on tour? Like, are we the next War Jarvis? Should we be? Yeah, out I mean, there? you're a
2: lot better, you're a lot better than me, so I don't know <laughs> why <laughs> you're working a day job, really. Yeah, right. <laughs> Y'all, I, I, I love your vulnerability and uh, you know, your, your each of y'all's uh, experiences. With the um, inner game, it it, w- it really comes through. So y'all might be my competition here. in
1: the Wow, maybe maybe unofficial proteges.: Yeah, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of books about the mental game that've been written over the years, and a lot of good ones. Uh, for our listeners, Ward, how can you, uh, in an, if you can succinctly, kind of sum up your approach to mental coaching? Um, and maybe to that word, what's one thing you know a 15 to 25 handicapper might be able to take away? We're, we'll certainly talk about you know your your pro tour experience with players, but wanted to throw throw that question to start things off.
2: You know, one of my passions is just player development, and I'm really just interested in the whole process of you know how players uh, improve and get better, and especially w- 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 when you're dealing with good players and great players that even kind of a more interesting process because the margins are so small um but um i've uh you know within the past several years i've taken kind of a performance um mental performance approach to some of my own personal struggles and uh, it it shed a lot of light um on some of my issues and i um, saw a lot of parallels to just uh, the world of golf um, in particular, but really any type of performance, um, performance uh, space, and you know, by performance, I simply mean you know the process of kind of formulating and executing intent or goals, and that's very basic. And uh, if we kind of take that outlook, we can see how we're always you know performing in different spheres fears, you know, that, that are important to us, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, just our, our roles in life or um, our roles as athletes. So um, I'm always, you know, speaking to, um, you know, just help, help players um, kind of just, you know, perform their best. And I believe a lot of that comes from just uh, learning how to create an inner order and maintain that inner order, um, you know, in, in whatever can com, com, competitive environment um, that you find yourself. So, um, I, I talk a, a lot about order, you know, with with, with with my players and just different ways of achieving that.
0: Ward, that's a great segue because I actually wanted to talk to you selfishly about an order, that I think I might be doing backwards, and so I, as we've talked about, and you know from listening to the show, we are big fans of the mental game, and I know the power of focusing on process and the details instead of the outcomes. Right, the anxiety comes from hanging on to the outcome. Um, however, in golf, even though I know this, I've noticed a pattern with myself, and I'd love to get your thought on it. So. I find that I want to get to a point where I feel like I have consistency in how I'm hitting the ball. And I'll go through these big lulls where I feel like I'm hitting it all over the face. My misses will be inconsistent. Sometimes I'll have a two-way miss like I have right now, which is the worst. Um, However, I feel like I'm trying to get to a place where I start to feel a little positive momentum. So I go to the range, I'm trying to figure things out. And then once I feel like I have a little bit more of that positive momentum, and I feel like I have a better idea where the ball's going, then I really hone in on my mental approach. But it seems like that's a bit backwards, right? Because it's probably some of the mental side that I'm neglecting that's causing the inconsistencies in the performance. I'd love for you to kind of talk about that paradox of the mental game even before you're hitting it well. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I don't think we pay enough attention to um really thinking through like first off the the order that we want in our head as we perform you know i i, I kind of draw a lot from uh, Raphael Nadal. um i, I there's a great article written about his his uh processes that he um he goes through um and and they look from outside they look very superstitious but w- when he goes out, out on the court um he he has this kind of ritual that he goes through where he, he aligns, uh, you know, his water bottles up by his chair, like and the, the, they're like pointed in a specific way and, and anything, but he had this great quote with that. He's basically he's saying that he does all that to kind of place himself in the mat, you know, place himself in this competitive environment. And he actually said like ordering his surroundings to match the order that he sticks in his head. So, you know, as a, as a, elite performer he's already got you know a desired order that he's speaking in his head out of which to perform and he's actually then then his routine is coming from that so but by that i mean i think a lot of times we hop into our routines we hop into talking about pre-shot routine harping on the ports of that but we don't really get to the infrastructure of that and that's you know What's going on, you know, internally in our head, and and um, you know the, the the things that affect that order, you know, just taking it into you know account that you know tough times happen, right? And you know, especially with, with golf, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I have my own way of you know breaking down the competitive environment of golf. I break it down in, into into basically basically three moments. And uh, you know, the, I call those moments, the, there's always going to be a planning moment, a playing moment, and a feedback moment. And, and by feedback, I specifically am talking about results and basically the thoughts and emotions that we get about both potential results and actual results. So you, you can see that after every shot, we, we would have a, an actual result, which results in feedback. But we also have that pre-shot feedback that we have to navigate we have to manage in order to put ourselves in the best uh, position to execute so um yeah it's just you know i, I would just say you know as, as you're trying to bring consistency to to your game
1: you know,
2: i, I would encourage you just to start with you know the, what type of mental framework are you trying to execute are you trying to be consistent in and uh I I really feel like if you kind of combine those two, you know, with the mental mental and physical, you know, you're going to see um, positive results.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because when I was listening to, and if you guys haven't heard uh, Brennan Todd's interview on No Laying Up, highly recommend it. Um, But a lot of what he said he's going through is very similar to what I'm experiencing right now, where... You know, when you look at my swing, I'm a seven handicap, um, been as low as a five. I, my swing, I started, I played baseball my whole life. So I think my tendency to come down steeper than I'd like creates some issues. But if you look at my swing from when I have a 40 to 50 yard miss to the right with my driver, it doesn't look that different from when I hit it perfectly. And then at the same time, you know, I could miss one 40 yards left when if think about me like when you worked with Brennan Todd when when your player is lost like I am right now I'm missing it both ways I've no idea where it's going to go I don't even want to play really mm-hmm. um where do you start what do you, what do you, what would you tell me <laughs> like you told Brennan I'm looking for a little uplifting here ward so that I can yeah, walk back onto yeah. the golf course cuz I haven't done it in a
1: while well, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you you, you have to give your brain new experiences. So whether that's a new experience, a new swing field, you know, that might be a a good place to start. You know, there's so many resources out there and, you know, so many great instructors and, uh, you know, but you really have to kind of figure out, you know, how you're wired up, you know, how how you like to receive information, you know, what what types of – types of communication that you you respond best to and um just really figure out the parts that you know the you know the golf swing there's conscious parts and then there's unconscious parts and a lot of time when it comes to you know squaring the club face up you know that that is happening so fast that if you if there's really a lot of mental attention in terms of you know trying to close the club face and stuff you know that that's where a lot of those uh you know uh hitches uh come into play so you know i've 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 currently got a kid you know i'm working with who's battling a big mess and you know we're kind of working just kind of on you know consciously opening the club face going back and then trusting kind of our you know trusting our intuition trusting our unconscious you know to close it so just kind of uh breaking up you know those aspects of the swing
1: so it does work and and i think we're we're some funny good the good segues here and and i want to know that you know you want you to know that i'm glad you're helping evan he he needs the help you know this is important for me i need i need the help you know but 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 what's so great about having you on is we, we we have to talk about our individual games a little bit and, um, cause as you know, I, I, I played division one with Eric Straub, a uh, best friend and teammate in Missouri state who you w- currently work with. And, um, you know, if I look back a little bit, like my junior year, I was coming off a back injury and it was the worst competitive year of golf in my life. And I would shoot around par in qualifying rounds. And then I would go shoot 85, 86 in tournaments. You know, I was af- like literally afraid to hit the driver. I mean, you hear this stuff all the mm-hmm. time and I'm kind of what you're working on probably with your. Young guy, right now. Um, so for me, though, Ward, you know, I'm interested in how you blend. And I listened to Brendan talk about this his, with his work with Bradley Hughes how we blend fixing maybe a physical, mechanical issue in our golf swings or our putting or our chipping and then figuring out the mental part. Because for me, I went to a new coach. He fixed my alignment. He got me aiming, feeling like I was to aim a little bit left and started hitting cuts. And I played great golf that next season. Um, and my mind kind of freed up. How do we? How do we address this as players because none of us have perfect swings and none of us are going to have perfect swings, but how do we find the fundamentals with our swing and then figure out the mental part?
2: You've actually been an accomplished player. And so, um, you know, it starts with just, you know, how we prepare, you know, and a lot of my philosophy is just a philosophy of preparation. And, uh, you you know, when we think about, you know, going from the range to the course, or going from practice rounds to um, tournaments, you know, environment is everything. So we really have to take charge of our inner environment and really pay attention to, you know, crafting it, you know, in a way that that helps us and um, prepares us to, you know, account for, you know, things are going to feel different. Things are going to feel different in our golf swing, you know. So, so how do we? um, take that into account, you know, as we prepare, you know, I tell people, you know, th- th- there's two things within the environment of golf that, that, that don't care how much you prepared, how great you're swinging it. And, you know, your past, you know, how bad you want it. And that's the golf ball and your nervous system. <laughs> and so, you know our our nervous system is, is dependent kind of on our environment and um you know there's some of that we can control and some of it that we 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 can't but you know we kind of have to go to battle with you know two things that just just don't don't care you know so um yeah it's just uh you know getting a good consistent um Kind of conceptualization of what you you believe it takes up into the day to perform and then just meshing that you know with a, a practice routine that that prepares you for all those moments you know sure actually the the playing moment you know is the swing moment so when you're actually you know working on your swing you know re- realize that that's one moment among others that you're you're preparing
1: for that's interesting because I mean, when I played my best golf, and I think Evan would say this, we'd all say this, my routine was consistent, right? My breathing was the same, my, the, the pace of my you know, my steps, um, my, my shot prep, but you got you got to talking something there about pre-round, pre-round prep. What are some pre-round prep things all players should do, um, or some little reminders um, <laughs> to keep? to keep us, you know, I guess focused, but relaxed. What can you tell the listeners about that? Those moments before we play our rounds?
2: Yeah, I would, um, you know, just reminders, right? I mean, I, you know, I, I said yesterday, I mean, good coaches remind, 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 because when we get in a competitive environment, we, we, we had those moments where we forget, you know, and, uh, it, totally. it, it's kind of like, you know, it's. It, I don't know, you know how, how much y'all know about my personal story, but I'm I'm also a full time firefighter, and it's kind of like when you yep. know, we tr- yeah we train you know for for bad situations right, and um and you know we, when you get called in a bad situation you momentarily kind of forget and the, 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 that's the freak out part you, you kind of forget your training, and then you have to slow yourself down. You know, you have to, that's when flow becomes very fast. So you have to slow your mind down, you know, and then it's, then you, you remember, you know, you remember, oh, I've been trained and you, you start your process, but you have to be able to remind yourself. So entering into a round or a tournament, I think, you know, I think it's good to, you know, get a sheet of paper, be able to get a sheet of paper and write down your process always remind yourselves of every step that goes in to to hitting a golf ball to being a good golfer i don't i mean it's as basic as it gets it means just like you know Brendan and i go through this you know he basically has 21 things that he does for for every golf shot no they're not stressful things you know that they're just basic but You know, our brain, That's good for our brains to remind yourself of your process, remind yourself of your fundamental performance beliefs. Even if, if everything hits the fan, you know, these beliefs aren't going to change. So just being able to reorient yourself. Um, So I think it's good for players, you know, to remind themselves, you know, of of their fundamental beliefs, you know, uh, remind themselves, you know, how they prepared and, um, you know, that, that, that there's a lot of different, you know, things you can do in terms of mental or rehearsal. that kind of, you know, actually kind of stimulate some of the emotions that you might feel, you know, in tough moments. And, uh, I think all that stuff's very, uh, re- relevant.
1: Sure. You know, yeah. To, to preparing. I mean, I think there was times where I'd, and I don't in a, in a, write on my glove, you know, or write something on my ball or something on my scorecard or my yardage book, but yeah, that's, you know, those, those gentle reminders, right. You know, There's
2: the, the, <laughs> this great thing. I saw Hoosiers last week. You remember Hoosiers? Oh, it's I mean, a great flick. You know, I haven't seen it in years, but you know, that, that scene at the end that Jim's thing where he takes this little, this little team from this little product town in Indiana yep. and, you know, I'm from Kentucky. And so any basketball basketball is huge, you know, in, in right. Kentucky and Indiana. He takes this little team from Hickory and takes them into this huge stadium. I think it's currently like Butler stadium in Indianapolis. It, it's huge. And so he takes them out on the court and he gets a tape measure out and, and he, he measures the goal. He measures the baseline. And then he, he's a basically, I say, gentlemen, this is a basketball court, you know, and he's reminding him, you know, he's being a good coach and, and he's reminding him. He said, I think you'll find these same dimensions back in Hickory. Right. So, um, you know that's kind of what i'm trying to get at just as a good coach to do that you know in golf you know we're out there on our own you have to be your own coach your own best coach so that's one way to do uh, it
0: you mentioned on the haney podcast about how important talking out loud is and it's funny when you said that because strat our other co-host that is at jury duty right now couldn't be here um he wishes he could we have noticed that when we play together you know, before we play in a men's league event, or he he's a part of my annual Ryder Cup trip in Palm Springs. Like when we're playing together before one of those big rounds, we try and talk things out, and we'll say, "All right, strat." Like, what I'll say, "What are you What are you trying to do here?" And I'll be like, "All right, well, it's a little windy, so and it's a little chilly, so I'm I'm gonna club up here to this. I'm gonna aim for the left part of the green because of this." And we found that when we talk it out out loud we inherently it's almost i don't know you tell me it seems like it's a reminder of focus and to stay in the zone but we play so much better i'd love to hear for you why saying something out loud has such a big impact
2: well it's it's a way of taking ownership of your process number one and it's like you said it's a it's a it's a way to remind yourself and to locate yourself in your competitive environment you know just kind of going back to that hoosiers movie like they had to remind themselves that they were on a basketball court to play basketball, you know, and uh you know the the same thing when you're going through you know everyone talks about being in the moment, being in the moment, but but you know in, in kind of in my system, it's like being in each different moment is a bit different, so you have to remind yourself kind of if you're in a feedback moment, remind yourself that you're in a feedback moment you know and and mm. be in that moment and then transition effectively out of it into a uh execution moment, right. So it's just it's it's a way of locating yourself in your environment, reminding yourself, you know, you know, if you're feeling weird, well, there's a reason you're feeling weird, you know, you're you're in a different environment, you know, and that's what you prepare for. So, yeah, it's just just a good way to not only take ownership of your process, but just to um, locate yourself and um, you know remind yourself what you do in that moment.
1: You're touching on some of your biggest least from what we know about you ward and just from me talking with eric really <laughs> about how you set up you know um you know kind of a tactical approach in your in your process and what you teach your players so um can you talk about the four stages plan execution feedback and weight kind of walk us through how we should approach um a shot or a putt uh when we're playing yeah yeah uh but, but bt adds
2: that waiting as before I, I, I basically just I don't really call that a moment but but, but it could be and it, <laughs> that's the beauty of the system it's very flexible and it's not yep it's basically the only thing that we can be certain of it kind of plays off the uncertainty and certainty aspects of golf you know we can't be certain that you know what we're going to shoot you know I mean people shoot 65 one day and 85 the next we can't be certain where the ball is going to go exactly right? But every time that we go to play golf, we know that we're going to have to deal with three moments, at least three moments. And like you said, the planning moment, the playing moment and the feedback moment. And uh, the feedback moment is kind of what I call a floating moment because it can happen in a pre-shot uh, scenario as well as, a, you know, and obviously in a post-shot scenario. But, um, yeah i mean the the, you know if we're going to make golf a reactive sport i think the best way to do it is you know see yourself as you know formulating a plan making a good decision and then reacting to that plan and so um you know as people transition from that planning moment into a playing moment you know and, and like bt said this is something that you can actually practice and uh you know work with and um you know, it's, at some point that transition takes place and, you know, it's just a process of kind of feeling your mind going from one mode, you know, that um, kind of analytical and, you know, and making that transition into more of a reactive, trusting, intuitive, athletic, um, priming um, feel experience. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, every player can break it down a, a little differently. That's kind of the cool thing about it. Um, sure. You know, I mean, I, I like to, you know, when I first start working with people, I like to, um, you know, get 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 video their entire process, and then we just kind of, you know, compare it to some other players and, you know, just uh, talk about, you know, um, where each moment kind of breaks down for that individual player.
1: Sure. Well, you know, growing up, Ward, my coach, he, you know, I have three brothers, and we all practiced and grew up playing together. He would say, "Guys, uh, on a certain day, we, it, it, it's tra- it's training mode. This is a training practice, and then another day would be tournament practice, and you need to do both." And I think that's really good for well us and our listeners, like how we practice, right? When mm-hmm. just just because we're training doesn't mean we need to work on our takeaway or you know our backswing position right like uh, let's let's be out on the range or when we're chipping or putting and, and going through those stages right i mean i think that's we've got to figure out how to practice not longer right but smarter yeah and practicing golf i mean uh, you know I and mean, there's been a,
2: some attention given to it but it's very tricky um I work with um, one kid who's g- g- going to uh, be a, a freshman in college next year and played Division One golf, and he's a he's an amazing basketball player. He actually just um, scored his 1,000 points last night. But but just a great athlete, and he said, you know, one of the things that he said when he first started working with me is that, you know, I want you to teach me how to practice, you know, and because you've been out there and seen how the guys do it and everything. Yeah. I do, totally. I feel like I'm super confident, like, Knowing, like, knowing basically that, you know, um, I tell people, you know, you got to make sure your ladder is up against the right wall, right, before you start giving effort. And, you know, for him, I mean, he's very confident in that he can put his ladder against the right wall when it comes to basketball. But when it comes to golf, you know, there's just so many elements, you know, to to golf. And, uh, you know, uh, and so it it can be kind of tricky, you know, really. Knowing that, that that our ladder is against the right wall, right? You know, you want your you want your practice to you know you want it to be focused. You want to have specific goals and just you know keep in mind what it is you're you're preparing for. But it it is a really tricky thing uh, when it comes to golf. I heard something really awesome. I listened to one podcast with these guys from Australia who lead the Australian uh, boys. Uh, golf development program. A lot of these countries have their own kind of development programs. And he said that um, he was talking how, you know, all these kids are elite athletes and a lot of them probably had never really experienced pressure yet because they just dominate everything. But he gets, he tries to put them in uncomfortable situations to see kind of, he has to like make them do weird things like sing solos or give a little seat, you know, during practice itself in order to see Love how it. they actually respond to pressure, right? Because, you know, they they may be 17 years old and have never really responded to pressure. So, you know, you know, on down the road, you know, they're going to hit trigger points that they're going to experience pressure in, in the golf environment. And so, you know, you got to kind of prepare these kids to, um, you know, to, to deal with the pressure aspect because it's just it's not going away.
0: That reminds me of when we had George Jenkins on the show. He told me about how he has a lot of his players, and a lot of his players already did this. Um, They'll do short game games, right, where you got to get up and down seven out of ten times or eight out of ten times. And so instead of just having a bucket of balls next to you and you're you're chipping the same chip every time and you just kind of go into autopilot, I actually tried it. I would at a hole and I would walk to the hole with my putter like I would in a normal round and I knew that I could only miss two of these, you know, and I started to feel the pressure of not that you really want to have the feeling of have to make it, but at least it simulated the pressure and I felt more confident the next time I went out and played around the greens because I felt like I had almost prepared. And so I think it's yeah. probably things like that. If people can add to their routines of practice um, and simulating that pressure to your point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, um, I don't know if y'all remember, but around 2004 when Mickelson, uh, uh, he, I think he won the PGA at Baltimore. He was, you know, he's always, um, you know, with his short game, he's, he's not afraid to change up his routines, right. And his methods and everything. And, you know, with putting, you, you know, you can bring so much of that, you know, to dealing with putting. But but um, he was doing that around the hole drill. And I think he still does it. But, um, you know, where you make 100 from a, a, around the circle. and But he was actually incorporating that in his pre-shot r- routine, in his pre-putting routine, where he would actually take his practice swing, like, away from the ball, you know, around the circle. And he'd go around. But he'd always, and he said, he said, you know, in his mind, he just had like ninety-seven, ninety-eight. You know, he picked a high number because that's where the pressure is in that, in that drill. You know, and so, uh, and he, so in that final chip on the eighteenth, on the seventy-second hole, you know, he said he knew he had it. You know, when he he chipped it within that circle because, you know, all he was thinking was, you know, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. In, in, in his head just as far as reverting back to that drill so i mean that's an example of you know that's, that's something cool that you know he's really thought out you know how is this going to relate to my competitive environment so
1: and and board it's kind of just how do you how, that's a way to stay present right with the task at hand yeah right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're you we'll, get so we'll just kind yourself. of right you're lost in your process and you're that mini goal or mini reminder, right? It's just, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a great story for on the show here. No, that's great.
2: Yeah. And if you, if you go to, if you go to a tour event and you watch, if you watch tour approach practice, you know, a lot of times they'll go into this mode where they'll, they'll hit a ball and then they'll come back and it'll be about five minutes before they hit another one. And so you just wonder, I mean, but, but a lot of times that, that's strategic, you know, yep. because they're really taking, they're taking everything in, you know, and, right. you know, I can't, I can't help but think that, you know, that they're thinking about, you know, you know, their, their moments in a way, you well, know, right, and, themselves in the and, be- best position.
1: And Tiger's famous for kind of playing, and he's not the only one, but playing like the front nine on the range, right? Where he's, you know, hitting all those clubs that he needs to hit. Yeah. Out there because he's got the course scouted out in the yardages and the, the moments that he wants to be in. So it's like, I guess I think what you're, you know, getting, getting, getting as familiar as you can, right. For what's coming to control yourself. Fair. Yes. You know, your mind's going to move
2: in different ways. And so you got to, yeah, just prepare yourself to bring it back. And so you got to figure out where you want to bring it back to have that place prepared.
0: Yeah. Ward, I know you've talked about this before with Haney. I know Brennan Todd talked about it. I'd love to bring it up again just because I'm a St. Louis guy, born and raised from St. Louis. And uh, I know you talked about Rick Ankiel in his book, The Phenomenon. I would just love if you can talk about a little bit what you learned from his experience. Because I am fascinated by, we haven't really talked about it yet, of you know, the quote yips in a certain action, right? Whether it's Rick Ankiel with his pitching and throwing it you know, five feet over the catcher into the fence or yeah. Adam Vinatieri this year or Brendan Todd on the PGA Tour, whoever it is. I mean, Tiger had it with his chipping. I, I would just love, what did you learn from Rick and his story that you apply now to your
2: philosophy? Well, you know, I've, I've been a competitive golfer in the past and I've, I've, I've dealt with the yips myself personally uh, both, uh, in putting at, at times and driving. And, and, uh, and like I said, I, I've stuttered my whole life and I can, you know, for me personally, the two feel exactly the same and a lot of the same mental processes are, are, are going, are going on uh, with the two. And, you know, when I, when I first approached BT about, um, just sharing, you know, just uh, reconnecting with him and, um, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of give him some perspective outside the world of golf. I thought that would be um, good for him to hear. Um, and, uh, you know, he said something really interesting. He said, you know, he had been, when I first met him in 2010, he was in the middle of the same type type of slump that, you know, he, he had this most recently. And, um, so, I just thought it was amazing how he kind of pieced it back together, got back out on tour, won on tour, played, played a couple of great years and, and everything. So, you know, he said, you know, in the past, he had come out of slump, but it had always been kind of d- driven by changes in technique and, you know, something took real quick and you just kind of rode away the wave of momentum. But he, he said, I never felt like I dealt with the mental lows of those experiences, like they were still kind of there you know and and i think we can all kind of identify with that you know no. we kind of get a little boost of momentum and we kind of ride it as far as we can ride it but um and i said well in this comeback you know we're we're going to address these mental lows and i just read that book and i thought it was just a great book it's just a great book on the the, the mental grind of um you know elite performance and uh you know uh rick's story is just uh, it's just amazing, you know, all the, you know, social aspects, that, you know, the family, the dynamics aspects, psychological aspects, um, you know, just the, the, the different ways that he, he, you know, was forced to try to deal with some of his struggles. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, he, he calls it a monster, you know, and it, it, it really it really is a monster that you have to be very uh, strategic and um, informed and in, in how you approach it. So it's just a great book. It just, you know, the, the mental lows and just being prepared for mental lows, you know,
1: in sports and life. Yeah. Well, well, Ward, even as a, Chicago born and raised Cubs fan, I can still appreciate that story about a Cardinal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I can yeah. deal with it, but it is. He, it, it's he awesome. had to throw it in. He had
0: to throw it yeah. well, in. Well, I Cubs think we fan. have
1: to. I think we need to. Okay. Um, a lot of what we're talking about today is overcoming challenges, you know, mental challenges and with our games or sports. But, but Word, you, you've talked about some challenges you've had in your life, and you had a, you mentioned you had a stuttering issue when you were younger. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about that and, and you know in and, and your journey and maybe how that prepped you to 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 do what you're doing today and um as it relates to the mental game in sports oh yeah
2: well i mean it's not that i had a stuttering problem i have a stuttering problem well, <laughs> um, well, we, um, i have not overcome you know there's kind of a false narrative out there that i've overcome it no i've you know i've learned to deal with it more effectively personally and professionally and but um I still deal with it it's it's um you know stuttering is very situational and uh it was uh it's just uh it's just a uh a bear to deal with at times but um you know it it forced me to approach life a little differently I guess um you know it 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 I obviously kind of think differently at times and take a little different angles on things and i think a lot of that is because of my my journey through stuttering and um you know it it's kind of it just goes back to that inner environment you know and how much attention and mental energy i have to apply towards you know crafting and you know keeping that order you know and uh in in my um in my stuttering journey and um you know, it's just uh, the more scientific research I, I do into it, it's, you know, it's just, it, it it's a movement disorder that, um, that's very, you know, environmentally based, you know, both internally and externally. So, um, you know, it, it just goes really um, well with, um, you know, any type of, uh, you know, obviously, you know, golf, we want to move optimally right so um just keeping keeping the birds you know flying in in, in the right direction goes a long way and you know uh swinging freely and and uh all that stuff but uh yeah i i, I draw on it a lot and it's it's kind of like um you know i've heard it said like martial artists kind of have what's called kind of per- peripheral consciousness and i think kind of i kind of deal a lot with that as Stuttering. It's like, um, you know, I have to kind of think, you know, 25 steps ahead sometimes. And, uh, um, you know, that can be kind of maddening, but it can be kind of y- useful as well, right. you know, when you're trying to help help people and taking d- d- different angles on things. So I, don't, you I that- know I <laughs> wouldn't be where I am today if, if I didn't stutter. So,
1: sure. Um, no, it's, I think um, it's overwhelming, but you kind of have clear sight of what's coming, right? Or what to think about for improvement now that's that's interesting yeah 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 i think
0: a lot of what you're saying ward (laughs) we haven't used the word yet but to me it's it's about awareness right and uh i'd love for you to talk about how this isn't just golf this is life i think a lot of people have anxiety right and i i've heard and i've experienced personally that if you judge your anxiety it becomes almost a snowball down a hill where you're upset that you're feeling anxious and you're judging that you're feeling anxious and then you feel anxious about being anxious and it it can go out of control. Um, How can, in your experience, how can people improve in both golf and in life if they acknowledge fear and anxiety instead of judging it?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, the more you know, objective we can be about our thoughts and really, really stray away from identifying ourselves fully with every thought and emotion that goes through us, I think the the better off we're going to be. I mean, our, our thoughts and emotions are there to, to use, you know, to use, to accomplish our goals. They're not there to, um, necessarily hurt us. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of have my theories, you know, as to why, you know, especially we in the West are kind of obsessed at times with our thoughts and emotions. And, um, whereas in the East, it's more of, you know, more emphasis is on working with your thoughts and emotions versus kind of trying to get them right or, or whatnot. But yeah, I think, um, the more kind of non-judgmental you can be about, about, um, uh, you know we can't especially in competitive situations you know the thing you can't control is what what you think at times and what comes into your head now you know the space between that initial thought or emotion and our you know total response to it that's where we need to put our attention and our focus and uh you know just uh and that's where we help ourselves the most you know uh Jordan Peterson has a great quote. He says, you know, treat yourself as someone, you know, that you're responsible for helping.
1: So, mm. Jordan uh, Peterson's great. He's got a lot of great yeah, stuff. Yeah, great like books he wrote about kind of talking to yourself and, um, and, you know, building yourself up. So Brendan Todd, who, you know, you're certainly famous for really helping turn around, you know, especially his game. He's been playing beautiful golf. He talks about, at least he did on the No Laying Up podcast. Don't beat yourself up, but build yourself up. Um, it's obviously kind of a simple moment or simple thought, but you know, I, I, can you talk a little bit about that, um, or at least how it's uh, specifically uh, been important to Brendan's game? Kind of going
2: back to that feedback moment. You know, it's okay to get mad on the after a bad result. It's okay to have negative emotion. You know, where where we get in trouble is just staying in that moment too long, like. You know, tough times are going to happen, and especially in golf. And it's okay to stay there, but you just have to be cognizant of the fact that, okay, if you're going to help yourself in the competitive environment, you can't stay there and hit another shot out of that, you know, if you're locked in that one moment, right? So it's just kind of being limber and, you know, moving. I tell people, you know, we talk about smooth transitions all the time in the golf swing, but we kind of need to think about the middle game in the same, same sense. You know, we huh. need to have smooth that, transitions. Okay. You know, that's awesome. we get, yep. pissed, you know, we, we have bad feedback, get pissed, you know, but, but be constructive with it. You know, you don't have to necessarily be positive with it, but you got to be constructive with it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like he talks about, you know, you know, five hours of golf, you know, there's a lot of waiting, you know, your mind's going a million different directions. You got to be constructive with it. You got to remind yourself, you know, of, uh, you know, it's a long-term process and, you know, it's, you're it, you're it, there to master your box, as I say. And,
1: it's good to it, it's good to have a kind of a short term memory out there, right? Or I mean, you don't want to forget what yeah, happened back yeah. there, but but it, don't let it define you know. Don't let it define you, right? No, what what it's doing is just it's revealing. You know, I said you know yes.
2: this this whole deal about you know you you don't want to attach yourself to results and everything, but but I think something that's missed is that you know golf really does reveal our nature. You know, and I say we're all performers. <laughs> you know we're all yeah. performers i mean and you know we're we're always formulating goals and trying to execute them sometimes very consciously sometimes you know a lot of times very unconsciously very primally you know base type stuff but um you know golf does reveal our nature as performers you know and um so you know we are kind of connected to our results in a way you know now you don't want to be where you get in trouble is when you re- lose sight of, you know, golf is just one performance among many that should matter to us. And, um, you know, so, um, but yeah, I I think just, um, you know, keeping in mind that, you know, it is a performance. It's it's something that we do and, you know, it's, you know, but it's, you got to deal with, the good and the bad and the ugly and everything in between that's that's the nature of the game you got to play with the nature of the game and not against it so
0: you know it's funny ward what your guys you and sir were just talking it made me think about how i noticed uh years ago how when you listen to a tiger woods uh press conference post-round press conference or and I think or even Riving, Jack right? Jack Nicholas Jack Nicholas back in the day, I noticed one similarity: they hardly ever placed blame on themselves. They would say things like, "Well, I think it hit something on the green," you know, "must have <laughs> hit a mark or must have hit this," and you know, certainly, I'm sure, and they've they've placed blame and Tiger, I think, has become more open recently and we'll say he didn't have it or he was dealing with body sniffers, whatever it was. But I think it's really interesting how the two greatest players that ever lived have that, similar, uh, have that similarity where you can tell the whole idea of building yourself up, not breaking you down. I think they do a really good job of that where they think of themselves as a tremendous performer. They're never going to say that it's their fault. Right. And I think that's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. And it, it may just be that they're really good at, you know, it's not that I think, I, I, you know, I think they probably think that they truly messed up, but, you know, in the, in the heat of battle, you know, they're just so good at compartmentalizing that. Okay. I'll, I'll work on that later. Right. You know, I'll go to the range. I'll go to putting green or, you know, I'll work with my swing instructor on that later. Like right now I'm here to compete, you know, and, you know, obviously Tiger in his prime, you know, he could win with his C game. You know, if he showed up with his A game, he won by 15 in this prime, you wow. know, now if he shows up with his A game, he's got a good chance to win. But, um, yeah, I mean, there is, a, there is something to be said for, you know, protecting your, you know, self-confidence and everything. But, um, uh, I think a lot of that is strategic, you know, in, in how they talk and, you know, but, but it comes back to how they approach their craft, you know, I mean, Great players have a great self belief, you know, and it they're able to to let things roll off their back because of that, because they know they don't approach the game as if you know this is going to be their only opportunity, right? I mean, you see, it, like with Dustin Johnson, you know, I mean, he had several big losses in majors, you know, before he he finally won one, and you know he he kept going because it really shouldn't chip away at his self belief. You know, just as things don't go your way a particular time, so.
0: for sure, yeah, well, this is yeah. our last question. We'll get you out of here on this. I know you've given us a lot of time, <laughs> and we've loved this conversation. Um, we haven't great. really talked in great detail. I know we've mentioned Brendan Todd a few times, and we'll talk about it in the intro, but obviously, like you know this guy had no status, he had his his tournaments that He was getting from his winning status. I think it was in 2014. He didn't have that many to play, and then out of nowhere, as you know, since working on his game, working with you, won back-to-back tournaments. Arguably, been one of the hottest players in the world. Um, I was curious. Maybe we can leave our listeners with this. It's something they can take with them for their games. What have you? Think back to when Brendan came to you, and he was lost, like I feel. I can empathize. what do you see, is there one or two things that you noticed that, okay, before when Brennan wasn't playing well, he was doing this. When Brennan won back-to-back tournaments and since working together, he now does this. Is there something that is really different in him that you've noticed? Because Haney described it as his back-to-back win after where he was was as impressive as Tiger winning the Masters and his comeback. I don't know about mm-hmm. that. You tell me, but yeah. um, w- do you see a significant difference that people can take with them for their games?
2: I think with E.T., it wasn't a matter of you know changing or adding anything to the game. I mean, he 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 had started to do some gr- gr- great work with with uh, Brad Hughes, and they're uh, continuing to do great work. And um, Brad's work really ma- matches up well with kind of uh, Brendan's mental tendencies and stuff, but. Um, yeah, I think just, I mean, Brendan's no longer stuck in one moment. You know, I think he's applying all his talent that he always had, all his abilities to, to the total package. And, um, you know, I mean, just, uh, he's got a great demeanor for the game. He's always been a winner. Um, and, uh, Yeah, it's just we're really, really um, exciting to see what a little clarity, you know, the power of just a little clarity at the right time, you know, you know. I think it's been said that you know sometimes golfers are just one conversation away from some really good golf. So um, I think just uh, you know, again, just reminding him of what it's all about, you know, dealing with with uh, challenges your focus you know as you move along uh and uh those kind of um obviously change a bit you know once you um you know start winning some and playing in some new situations and uh new scenarios but just reminding yourself that hey it's, it's still the box it's uh still a golf course it's still you're still you know don't we don't need to chase rabbits right um it's just uh
1: that's, in front of that sounds and, like uh, Kentucky, uh, just, uh, Kentucky saying. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, a lot. of You know, it's just really easy, and you know, a lot, one of the big things with BT, and I've, I've said this. You know, I, we kind of had this running joke, and I remind him constantly. I said, "Hey, you're no Rory," you know, and I, I really think that's been huge for him. it's just to <laughs> be comfortable with being Brendan Todd and realize that that's good enough, obviously, to win on tour. You know. Right. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's only a handful of players that can potentially dominate every single week out, you know, and overpower forces. And he's not one of those players, you know, but but I mean, heck, I mean, he can have a great, you know, he can do incredible things. You know, he can win majors. He can right. play
1: on Ryder Cup teams. He can,
2: you know, <laughs> win a bunch of golf tournaments.
1: Be, one of, the best I mean? be one of the best players in the world. Pretty right? good con- pretty
2: good consolation prize
1: you know and he he can beat rory well you know well you you saying that one converse we're one conversation away from great golf i think is is huge um and, and certainly a great way to to kind of conclude our episode because i everybody can really put that to practice and and ward with us getting you out of here um you know we got you on twitter at uh at War at uh, W Jarvis Coaching. Everybody follow War. Yes. Anything Anything else? You also got your website at w dot jarvis dash coaching dot com. But if there's anything else you want to plug? Um, tell us. You know, and we'll, we'll send you no, off. No,
2: I'm I'm, I'm still um, I'm I'm mainly on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram as well, and and have a website and and uh, working on a a new website. And so uh, you know, got have some big things. Uh, planned here um but um we're still kind of in the, uh, in the initial stages of, of a lot of that social media stuff but um yeah just um, my contact information is on there just uh feel free to reach out um reach out to him anytime and um I, you know, i'd love to help anyone with their game or you know a- any performance you know that matters to them so
1: well evan and i would love to get down to paducah and Put a foursome together with you and Eric, and uh, we'll drink, some beer, drink some beers. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So awesome. We won't we will we stutter at all. I'll, I'll uh, be coming. Yeah. I'll be coming for Eric. Now this is great, Wars. This is great. Thanks so much for okay. coming on,
0: War. We appreciate the time.
1: Enjoyed it, fellas. Take care. Thanks.
0: All right. Take care. Right, bye bye. Let's let's make sure it records and sounds okay.
1: Eric Straub is the best golfer in Kentucky. Eric Straub is the best golfer in
0: Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to love is this. Easy,
2: easy to teach. Eric Straub is easy <laughs> to teach. Like
0: that. All right, let's see.